Hey guys, welcome to the home show. Michaela, this week I want to talk to you and the audience about how to stay pre-approved. Does that make sense, man? <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Folks have done all they can do. They've worked hard. They got us all the documents and we said, hey, you're pre-approved for this amount only to potentially shoot themselves in the foot. This week, we're going to give you five, maybe six things that you should do in between pre-approval and moving into your home. Let's get into it. Welcome to the home show where they teach generational wealth. They can get you good credit out the gate. Real estate, no debate. They're here to help. They got attorneys protect your family. They cover your needs. It's no gas, no gas, no gas. So ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome you to the new, the new, the new home show. Home show. Okay, I'm not going to start climbing. I want to get into it because this is very important uh, because we keep saying this, right? Yes, we do. Often. Yeah. <laughs> often, often. And so we're not going to fuss about it. We're not going to talk down to your body. We're going to tell you what it is that we would do in order to prevent the following from happening. You falling out of approval after being pre-approved. Michaela, it's a common theme in summer of 2023 that there really is a shortage of homes. I say all that to say this. A lot of our clients are out looking and shopping for homes, right? Yes, they and, are. Yeah. And a, a lot of these folks have been pre-approved for several months, if not a year. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so this is very important that we show people what they should be doing because there's a lot of opportunities for you to not get the home that you've been pre-approved pre for. What, what say you on that, young lady? No, I agree. Like you said, since there's such a short amount of homes out here, you want to do everything you can on the front end to ensure that you get that home. Yeah, yeah. So with that, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to invoke. I'm not going to say any names because they may be watching. <laughs> but just a couple of scenarios real world from real live clients that we're dealing with and then we're going to deal with three areas guys we're going to deal with credit assets and income and we're going to share some things with you again that we would or would not do in these areas so that when you do find that home because i'm seeing folks like i said got one one client been shopping for a year okay yeah. due to the lack of inventory so when you do find that home and we go and move forward, we don't have any gotchas that will take your pre-approval to <laughs> not right now. Okay. <laughs> no approval. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take your pre to a no. Okay. Yeah. So let, let's deal with credit. What say you, Michaela, as far as credit is concerned? Let's start like this. What age, how old can a credit report be? So three to four months is the amount of time that we like our credit reports to be in, it's a good snapshot of your most recent activity when mm. it comes to credit. Gotcha, gotcha. Three or four months, three or four months. So mm -hmm. I'm going to start it off because I got to get you. I noticed you you like you a second quarter type player. You got to get lathered up and stuff. I come in this thing, I'm hot. 
I done warmed up. I'm old school. You youngins don't like to stretch. <laughs> you feel me? <laughs> so let me go and warm this thing up and then you can jump in, okay? So okay. In, in that vein, credit guys, all joking aside, no new inquiries. What's an inquiry? That's when you are looking <laughs> for something new. Or maybe somebody looking for you and say, hey, have you considered this credit card or this offer? You have to give an authorization for someone to pull what we call a hard inquiry on your credit. Now, why is that potentially an issue? When you get ready to purchase the home that you've been pre-approved for, say, two, three months prior, maybe you didn't have that inquiry on there. When you look at the credit pie and the things that influence credit, Michaela, inquiries, although a very small percentage, they play a part, right? Mm -hmm. So the thing is this, in my opinion, if at all possible, if you can, once I've made up my mind to purchase a home and gone through the process and I'm pre-approved, I don't want to do nothing. And let me invoke dollar bill from the players. Don't do nothing <laughs> new. So that's what I mean by no inquiries. You want to add anything to that? No, less is more the less you touch and move things around and open new things, the better. <laughs> <laughs> amen. Amen. Why don't you talk about Mr. Late Payments, young lady? Mr. Late Payments. Of course, we don't ever want any Mr. Late Payments, but especially when you're in the before the process of buying a home, during the process of buying a home, or even after the process of buying a home. Because it just, it doesn't look good. <laughs> You're applying for a loan for hundreds of thousands of dollars. You don't want to see any late payments on smaller credit cards or installment loans that you may have. And speak to it, if you don't mind, more from a prospect processing perspective in that when we first approved you, you may have not had any Mr. Late Payments. But because of the age of the credit report, when you find that house and we have to come back, what negative effects can missed or late payments have on the credit? The big one, the main one is your credit score. With any derogatory accounts, your score may drop a couple of points as to what it was before. And then just for documentation, when you get in the process of your mortgage loan, there's extra letters of explanation that you have to provide to us, letting us know this is what was going on, this is why I was late, or why I may have missed this payment, and what you put into place to ensure that it doesn't happen again. We all are grown folks, and we don't want nobody asking us nothing. No. <laughs> <laughs> Just because you don't want nobody asking you anything, like you said, less is more. Mm -hmm. Again, there's so many nuances to this, guys, and you don't want to make the process more arduous, harder than it needs to be. OK, so excellent points on those missed and late payments from a documentation standpoint. Right. Mm -hmm. I got another one to that. Collections, new collections may show up. <laughs> OK, yeah. this goes to all of my folks, my people out there that, you know, you running those plays and you got a guy, you got a gal, and they know how to hide and move stuff. Invariably, Michaela, 
-hmm. We pre-approve somebody. The credit report ages out. We have to update the credit report. And all of this new collections pop up. Yes. That was supposed to be disappeared, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. But these collectors, these attorneys, they're not dumb guys, right? They put certain triggers on certain accounts. And if and when you apply for a mortgage, guess what? They tend to show up, don't they? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So said all that to say you want to communicate. This is back to the application type process, but no one understand. If you think you might have some stuff out there that might pop up, like a virus, <laughs> when the environment is right, you mm -hmm. need to close that thing within the time frame of the credit report because yeah, these yeah. are potential gotchas. Or you just need to be forthright and work with your lending partner, the one that you supposedly know, like, and what? Trust. Trust so that we can What's the word? We can be proactive and more importantly, tell you the truth, because sometimes some things may not. I might not be able to put my 20 years on it. You feel <laughs> OK? Well, I ain't the average bear. Neither are you. We know some <laughs> tricks, but we need to know up front. Say all that to say that. Last thing. Last thing. What do you say about new accounts as it pertains to credit? Don't get them <laughs> uh, during next the next subject. Next subject. Yeah, right? next subject. With during the after the pre-approval, before, during, and after, you don't want nothing new because it, the say you get a new liability or a new collection or something that affects your DTI or debt to income ratio. And with certain loan products, they have to be within certain limits. So. Granted, your income may have stayed the same. Everything else may have stayed the same, but you went and applied for a new credit card. We got to add that new liability and that affects your ratios. You know what I mean? I, 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 I know what you mean. <laughs> I know, <laughs> trust me, I know what you mean. We trying to get other folks to understand what you mean. And, and all due respect, but this point with the new accounts is huge, Michaela, because what you all need to realize, what we're trying to not trying, what we're expressing to you is this. There's a lot of moving parts. Let me explain. You add a new payment. In your mind, it might be $75, 100 bucks. In your mind, you can handle it. But what you don't know, especially in certain states, we'll use Texas as an example, you don't know what the taxes on that house are going to be. You don't know what the insurance is going to be. And those two things alone, along with your new $100 payment that you think is no sweat, could blow a deal up, DTI, your debt-to-income ratio, or cause you not to be able to qualify there or make you have to take a step down. So, again, once you get into that mindset, if at all possible, and per the intro, a lack of inventory is nothing that you can control, right? So you may go longer than you would like to. That's why we're doing this show today to give you some insight on some things that you want and not want to do and the why's you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. yes yeah so i think anything else on credit i think we we hit credit up pretty good right yeah no we're good credit is good okay okay where you want to go next assets <laughs> oh we talking about that money <laughs> yeah your money man your money <laughs> okay 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 let's keep the theme Let's identify the assets that we're talking about and then give the age of the documents. 
assets can range, of course, there your bank statements, there's 401k statements, there's stock statements, there's crypto statements, anywhere where your any account where you're housing your money or holding your money that you would use towards your transaction are the assets that we're speaking on. And as for the time frame, two months. After two months, we're going to ask you for the next month of bank statements or a transaction history that's up to the current date just to get a snapshot of what you have going on and to get that track record or history. It's just like a credit report, but for your money. Gotcha. So what I heard you say, we always want the most recent yes. 60 days. And then sometimes, I don't know if you said this or not, but sometimes that 60 days can lead into whatever day we are into the month that you're going to be closing. Yes. Right. So that, that deals with earnest money and some of those other things, but to stay in context on what we're talking about, excellent as far as the age and the types. And I'll tell you what came to mind when you were talking is this guys, like she said in the first section, less is more. Okay. <laughs> some, I don't know if it's the videos or whatever, but a lot of us, we want to be important until the time comes that you have to document it. Let me explain. This is how some of the bank statements look. Right? We got to explain all of that. So if you don't want to do a lot of explaining, less is more simplicity. If you can have an account, a savings account or something that you're using specifically for this transaction, and the only thing that you want going into that is what is going to be used for either your down payment and our closing costs. That's mm -hmm. what you want to do. But the key thing is this, cash deposits. What's a cash deposit? Anything that don't have a source, a zip code, where did it come from? <laughs> we need to know. What's the dollar amount? I say $500 or greater. What do you say? Okay. No, I, I agree. If it's, that's usually the amount 500 or more, I'm going to have to ask you for further documentation Sourcing it where it came from, pretty much. Now, this is the question that I, I hear in y'all's heart. Why? <laughs> because he that has the goal makes the rules. Mm -hmm. That's why. More importantly, them alphabet boys, the I, R, and the S, they want to make sure you they got their vid, you paid your taxes on that money. Mm -hmm. And it's a law. The Patriot Act, there's a lot of different laws. Michaela, I'm not trying to get... They don't know me like you know me. Am I trying to get in their business? No, guys. We don't care. <laughs> I don't care. What I do care about is you getting the home yeah. that you and your family are desiring. And what I care about really is your experience. I want you to have the best experience possible. And it's in our tagline, right? Mm -hmm. At the home show, what we do at Lend to USA, an education company, what we do is simplify the home loan what? Process. Process. That's all I really care about. And so, again, we're trying to give you pertinent information to help you help yourself so that process can be smooth. So $500 or more in cash, you're going to have to document that. So, again, if you don't have to while you're going through this process, don't have a bunch of different 
cash transactions. Moreover, don't we have a bunch of different transactions all over the place? Okay. You want to go with somewhere else on that? Because I've been speaking for a minute. Yeah, no. And then just with, again, back to your undisclosed liabilities. When we pull your credit, we do get the liabilities that you currently have off of your credit report. But if you have accounts like Afterpay, Affirm, Klarna, those buy now, pay later kind of accounts, those are considered liabilities because you're making recurring payments or you're paying towards that account each month. So that, again, also can affect your DTI and it can mess up a deal. If you've got 500 (laughs) extra undisclosed liabilities coming out of your bank account that we didn't account for, it's a a big deal. Nah, that's gospel. (laughs) And and unfortunately, we see it a lot. And again, guys, you don't know these things, right? Mm -hmm. You don't know it. I... I really don't want to believe that folks wake up and have a nefarious intent to game anybody. Now, some of you guys out there may, but I call me naive. I don't think that's the case. I just think we're doing things that we don't know. Again, that's why we have this show. So before we go any further, let me say this, guys. If you know someone that can benefit like you are from this information, share. You know what they say, Kay? Sharing is caring, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And more importantly... If you know of somebody in Texas that's looking to purchase a home and they're needing a little help with what we call a DPA, down payment assistance, mm-hmm. tell them about this program. Attention, Texas home buyers. Did you know that the Texas State Affordable Housing Corporation, also known as TSHAC, has several down payment assistance options available to you? These programs are designed to help make home ownership more accessible, and yet they are often underutilized. You don't even have to be a first time homebuyer. Don't let the lack of a down payment and or closing cost funds hold you back any longer from realizing your dreams of home ownership. Schedule a consultation today and learn more about these great resources and start your journey the home ownership. Yeah, okay. We love TSHAC, Texas State Affordable Housing Corporation. We've been blessed to help families, mm-hmm. and we we uh, we just really appreciate that. So, if that could be of assistance, hit the link in the description. Reach out. Let's have a conversation. Without further ado, and with that said, undisclosed liabilities—the things that we're looking at on the credit report report, Michaela, and something that you can look for if you see anything that says recurring, recurring. So as you're going through your bank statement, if you see things that say recurring, that's what we're looking for. A lot of folks don't realize, Michaela, as an aside, quickly, let me chase this rabbit, but all I need is your credit, not your credit report, but your bank statement. And I'd rather have your bank statement to really underwrite you from a standpoint of what your true expenses are and who you're paying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you couple that with a credit report and we can really hit the mark. So said all that to say, guys, there's a reason everything is being pushed to the credit report. So you have to educate yourself and know what to look for. So if you see anything that says recurring or if you get one of the buy now, pay later, after pay, what's one that's more common? What's the? It'll come to me in a minute, but you guys know these accounts that you can 
They're not going to show up on your credit report. But those are undisclosed debts, i.e. that affect your debt to income ratio. And in my experience, a lot of times those folks that have those accounts are going to be a little more challenged as far as debt to income ratio is concerned. So every dollar counts. Anything else in the asset section, young lady? No, sir. I don't have anything else. Got you. Got you. Let's wrap this thing up with income. Yes. Uh, when I first started in this business, Michaela, my very first manager, he says, you know what, man? If your money is funny and your credit won't get it, <laughs> then you're not going to get this loan. So, <laughs> yeah. so if your credit won't get it, that's a problem. You might be able to work with it. But if your money's funny, there's really no remedy for that other than for you to go get some more money. So, so with that being said, what type of documentations are we talking about? Documents for income and give us some ages, if you don't mind, please. So you have your pay stubs and your, for W-2 employees, you have your W-2s. If you're self-employed, we're going to need your tax returns or your 1099s, things like that. And for pay stubs, we're going to want your most recent 30 days. So after 30 days have passed, more than likely, I'm going to reach out and be like, hey, we need your more updated pay stubs. And then as for W-2s and your tax documents, we need the most recent two years for those. Yeah. yeah. What I like to add to that is this, guys. Let me look at the camera. What camera are we at? This one. Don't quit. Yeah. <laughs> Don't quit before, during, or after you've gotten the keys. You say after? Yeah. Let me tell you why. Real quick. I got to tell you a story. Real quick. This year, I think it was this year, earlier this year, got a call about a client that closed last year. And long and short, husband and wife, spouses, when we did the loan, it was they were both working, verification of employment, the whole nine. Okay? What you guys don't know is this. All of these loans get audited. And when you sign that 4506T and a couple of other documents in the packet, we or the folks that we assign your servicing rights to as a part of the business, the end investor could come back and audit. And they buy these loans in big chunks and every, it seems like all my loans get audited. That's just how, you know, that's how it feels. You feel like you're being picked on. So anyway, they went back and audited and then they found that the, the wife actually was not working prior to closing. Now, long and short, Somebody on that job told a fibbity fib. You know how it works. Hey, girl, I'm closing on long. Bro, I'm closing on long. Go on and tell them. And they know that they, but see, that wasn't the case. So anyway, that's mortgage fraud. Right? Now, won't go into what happened, but that's what I mean. Don't quit before, during, or after. And if you know you're not going to have a job, that's fraud too. So I'm not the police. I cover myself. I'm a CYA. But that's why you want to do those types of things, right, when it comes to your job, because it's very important, because that shows your ability to repay. And before I hand it back to you, why is that important? It's because when this young lady gets ready to go by or your children get ready to go by, we want the best mortgage uh, system on the planet to be in place. Because at the end of the day, the investor has to be made whole. What would you like to say about that, young lady? Yeah, no, 
I'm going to go back to the don't do anything. <laughs> don't do a doggone thing. And people say until you get your keys. But I'm going to say wait at least a month after that. Because you never know that after the loan closes, it's over for you guys. But over here on the back end, we've got funding. And like you said, we've got to sell the loan off to investors. And extra conditions may pop up. And it's a process before, it's a process during, and it's even a process after. So the less you touch, the better off you'll be. Gotcha. And you may be able to keep your house and not go to jail because it's not over for you either because it could be some fraud involved. We don't want to be involved in any of that, right? Uh, communicate, guys. Communicate your plans. That's what I mean by that. Is it okay, Michaela, if I'm working with this company as a supervisor and then during my between my pre-approval and me finding a home they say hey robert you've been doing a bang-up job we want you to be the regional manager and now my income is going to go up a hundred thousand dollars with the same company is that okay yeah that's perfectly fine perfectly fine but you still want to what tell your lender right because there's some documentation and things because when i qualified you with this pay stub and you got this one and there's more we want to know what why right now this is what you don't want to do man i'm tired of these people they don't know who i am i'm finna open my own business Er. (laughs) danger because now you switch what careers you've gone from a w-2 employee that we can use and assume that you're going to receive this income into the future for three years right the base portion now your business for self you're starting all over, and we don't know what you're going to do. Okay? So how many years do we need to establish to see what you're really going to do? At least two. Two, right? So mm-hmm. don't switch careers. You could change jobs. But if you can, what's the thing? Leave it alone. <laughs> Stay where you are. <laughs> that too. Don't do nothing, right? Yes. If you don't have to. But life happens. Nothing is vanilla right mm-hmm. there's there's nuance to everything but we always can what communicate mm-hmm. because i can only speak for us we're here to help you yes. okay it's not an adversarial type thing and uh, we want you to win and have a good time doing it mm-hmm. so uh, what you got to say with that Kay? you look like you got something you want to wrap us up with no <laughs> i've said it all i just be patient. Stay where you are when you're going through this process because it is very long and it's tedious. And when you have a lot going on, that just makes it harder than it has to be. It causes for more documentation and it causes for more time to get those documents in and present them to underwriting they need to be present them to underwriting the way that they need to be presented to get that loan onto the closing table. So just be patient. Get your documents and your information together and apply. I'm always going to encourage you to apply because you never know until you submit that application. No more time. (laughs) Hey, guys, our time is up, but we thank you for yours. As we always say, Michaela, let's be good to one another. Let us let grace abound. And until the next time, peace. Y'all be blessed.